The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. Really? Sorry, I should tell you what's going on behind the scenes, because... Um, uh, Your Joe, mic was on, John. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I know. That's why I'm, I'm sharing. I am a big believer, as you guys know, when the wheels are coming off, in telling everybody the wheels are coming off. It's kind of like when you get into turbulence on a plane, and the pilot says, okay, so um, there's a little bit of turbulence here. We're going to be okay. Anyway, um, Chloe Brown is supposed to be on the panel this morning, but Joe was saying in my ear that he can't find her. Have you found her? No, she's still... because. Okay, so let's introduce everybody else. Jason Agnew is here, News Talk 1010 personality. Patrick Brown is the mayor of Brampton. And the irony in us not being able to find Chloe is the other day she booted up her computer and uh, went to connect to Zoom, and Zoom needed a software update. And you've probably been in this situation because depending on the speed of your internet connection and your computer, it can take like 10, 15 minutes. So that... That's what happened the last time. Anyway, you know what? Let's keep moving because there's a ton of stuff to talk about. Patrick Brown, let me begin with you because uh, the federal housing minister was just on with us, and I know he's on his way to meet with you today. Um, is there genuinely something that the federal government could be doing to speed up this freaking housing file? Well, that's what I'm very curious about. I, I think historically the federal government has been absent from this uh, conversation. Um, so the fact that they want to meet uh, proactively, this was not a meeting request from us. They have asked to sit down. I think they're doing that with a lot of big city mayors to, to talk about ways that they would put money on the table to um, be an incentive to, to build more housing. Um, we, we are building a lot of housing in, in, in Brampton. I think we had the highest growth rate of any, any big city, but uh, I welcome the interest and looking forward to what they have to say today. Okay, so we found Chloe, and I kind of want to pivot into a wider housing discussion. Chloe Brown, the uh, provincial housing minister, said yesterday he was not resigning, and the premier backed him up on that and kept on insisting, listen, you know, we can't change horses. We have to build housing. We have to build housing, and it's too late to turn back on the green belt. Um, are you buying that line? No, not at all. Um, it's really frustrating as a young person to see that what really needs to change is policy. You can have anyone as the minister. What you really need to get together is the analysts, the program officers, and make sure that the rules are being evenly and effectively applied across the province. So it's working in the private sector. It's like people get fired for these mistakes all the time. There's enough brilliant people out there that Steve Clark could be replaced. I'm not surprised that he's not being replaced because his daughter is the communication staff of the premier. I did not know that. Okay. Jason Agnew, um, we're having a fairly wide-reaching discussion here because we're talking about a scandal, we're talking about housing, we're talking about incentivizing developers, so I'll let you take it in any direction. Well, I was listening in when Minister Fraser was on there, and I did find his comments um, rather eye-opening uh, in saying that it wasn't a ringing endorsement of what the provincial government is doing here. And he did make the point of pushing towards putting housing around GO stations and where the infrastructure is already in place, not going after the green belt and, you know, putting this in rural communities, but go to where the GO stations are, go to where transit already is and build there, build up 
up as opposed to building out because then you already have transportation for the people that are going to live there so they can commute to their jobs. Let me come back to Patrick Brown then, mayor of Brampton. And Patrick Brown, Jason's absolutely right. Uh, The minister seemed to be skirting the issue some, but it definitely didn't seem like he's a big fan of opening the green belt. He doesn't feel that that's really where we should be building. So let me start by saying, um, I think part of the challenge is when you switch housing ministers is that the previous housing minister knows the files upside down. And um, I think with Steve Clark, he does know the issues. The biggest issue we have right now in housing is servicing capacity. We can't build housing because we don't have the servicing to do so. And we have massive, short, we have no plan of, of how to do that. And at least at least he's working on that. You know, I, I've got a different perspective on Steve Clark in the sense that, you know, I, I find him very accessible. We have difficult uh, issues. You know, he's he's uh, there to meet. And so, you know, I, I've got a more positive impression that I think some on this panel may have. Um, but, you know, I, you know I, 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 I just think that, Right now, everyone's focused on the discussion around Greenbelt or on on transit stations. But every transit station is a is a, a growth area. Every city has already designated their transit stations for uh, for density and intensity. And in terms of the Greenbelt, you know, I believe it was changed about nineteen times before the latest change. Um, and people go into the Greenbelt thinking it's some sacred area. Uh, literally, there are parts of the Greenbelt where you have the housing on one side and the other side is an empty field. And so it is illogical to have that empty field continue to be empty when we're, we're in a housing crisis. And so I think, unfortunately, in, the, in this debate, it's so heated. We're not having, I think, practical, honest conversations about it. Although, I mean, you know, without overthinking things, I mean, the idea was that you do draw borders and there are places that are right next to developments that are not developed precisely because of the existence of the green belt and that was the idea and i think since the green belt's been created it's been changed uh, you probably have the number but but it's been changed again and again and again um i think the premise before was that um if you take something out from the green belt you add more back in and so um i think where there's controversy is when 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 that doesn't happen because you do want to have sort of that 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 buffer but but i certainly believe um some people are suggesting that it's never been changed and that isn't the case that's not the truth okay let's move on to a poll about uh, lifestyle but also well it's about personal finance and what is affordable and is not affordable also part of this same poll uh suggestion that the conservatives are now in the territory where they would wipe the liberals and they would form a majority government but let's return to these first figures and chloe brown i'm going to start with you on this 47 percent of respondents say they're living paycheck to paycheck and perhaps most glaring in all of this 53 percent of those aged 18 to 35 uh 57 percent of people between 35 and 54. i believe it i'm 32 and today was rent day so i'm not really looking at much after rent has been paid and this is why uh as a young person i'm just really frustrated with these conversations around housing because when i look at how rent has just continued to go up the cost of groceries the value of my dollar doesn't really mean anything here i could go to europe and have access to regional transit a small apartment like 
just more nightlife and get a better value than what I'm getting here. And I don't really see policy or politicians responding urgently to these issues. So, yeah, it's an unfortunate but true reality for a lot of millennials and Gen Zs that are trying to build their lives up in this country. Jason, I guess this also says a lot about uh, inequality because you know, the aggregate figures for the economy are very, very positive. But when you go to a person and say, can you pay the bills, a significant number say no. Yeah, it, it does, John. I, I found this article rather interesting because, you know, it, it looked at that younger demographic that is unable to pay their bills or, or living paycheck to paycheck. And then in the same article reflected that they, they are... You know, there's that support for the conservative government. And if you go back in history, that's generally not where a lower income person wouldn't necessarily support a conservative government. They'd more so push towards a liberal or an NDP government. So that was very much a juxtaposition for me reading this. Okay. And Patrick Brown, your thoughts? So I think inflation is um, pinching everyone's pocketbooks. I think where Trudeau, what Trudeau failed to communicate is is that this is a this is a global challenge, and so I think he's bearing the brunt of it in in Canada for people who see their dollar worth less and less. But you you know he should point out on a global level that Canada's inflation is 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 one of the lowest. And you look at countries like Argentina or Turkey that are close to hundred percent inflation rates. You know they dream for an inflation rate. Uh, like Canada's. And frankly, you know, you compare a position a young person is in most of Europe, the inflation rates in most of, of Western Europe are out of control as well. And so I think we're in a period of, of difficulty um, and any government pretending they can fix it overnight, um, and that includes opposition parties, is being misleading. Um, Jason Agnew, let me start with you on this next uh, issue. And uh, did you have warplanes overhead yesterday? I was at the X yesterday, oh, John. Okay. So I I definitely had planes go overhead. It was extremely loud yesterday. I, unlike yourself, uh, not a fan of the air show. Um, I just look at all of the, uh, uh, you know, the tragedies that we have had associated with. Not that many, but there are some, and it does feel a little unnecessary for me. And Patrick Brown, did you have planes overhead? I imagine the Lancaster, because it comes out of Hamilton, must go over Brampton from time to time. So I didn't hear about any uh, planes overhead. I did take my kids to the X yesterday, and they loved it. So. Everybody was at the um, X yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Chloe Brown, are you one of those people who has a philosophical issue with uh, the air show, or just you don't like the noise? <laughs> I live at Hyde Park with a dog, and it was the most terrifying five minutes of her life. So I am opposed to it for those reasons. And with the recent refugees that have come over, I'm opposed to it for those. And just lastly, if war was declared, I wouldn't really know because this particular day would be a great disguise for it. So I would really hope they cancel it and find a better way to prepare us. Okay. Um, is it time to have a sober conversation with Justin Trudeau to tell him that the clock has run out? Chloe Brown, I'll start with you. Respectfully, yes. Um, I really believe that our democracy is at a point where we really need to see that change is possible visibly. And with a new change of leadership, I think it would excite some people about what their possibilities are. I think Justin is at a point where he can mentor a new leader or just figure out a 
better game plan than what he's doing now because it's really disheartening as someone who voted for him in my 20s to just really see him walking around with the same game plan not really addressing the issues and just i don't know i'm really flustered by like him just addressing Pierre Polyev instead of me as the voter who has put my trust in him and has been continually disappointed. Although Patrick Brown, you know a thing or two about political leadership. Um, some people are arguing that Justin Trudeau is the only person who can take on Pierre Polyev, even if he's beyond his best before date. Yeah, I think people have written Justin Trudeau's obituary um, a number of times. They did so with Blackface, with SNC, Lavlion, um, and he's had poll numbers that were uh, ugly before. Uh, what we're seeing this this summer is ugly poll numbers. But if you look at the recent by-elections, if you look at Mississauga Lakeshore, if you look at the one in the Oxford area, um, the Liberals did better than the last elections. So who knows uh, uh, what the right call is, uh, but uh, certainly I hope it they're having those conversations of what makes sense for them. Thank you all. Great discussion, but we're out of time. So uh, Patrick Brown, Chloe Brown, and Jason Agnew, my thanks to you. Thanks to everybody for listening. Let's meet back here. Well, Monday, actually, we've got a great show, but on Tuesday, 6 a.m. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.